For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Isaac Signs here on the Chase Podcast, December 7th. And on the line for an interview today is Dr. Richard Leibel of the Pro Sports Institute. He's had 25 years in practice as a sports chiropractor with over 25,000 cases successfully treated and managed. I really appreciate him taking the time to join me today. So I'm going to go ahead and toss it to him. How are you doing today, and are you looking forward to the weekend coming up? Yeah, yeah, great, Isaac, man. I really appreciate the stuff that you do. You know, sometimes I get information from your IG before you know it, it hits me, so I appreciate the stuff you're doing. You've been 100% accurate, you know, which is pretty remarkable. So looking forward to the weekend, but uh, you know, just wrapping up my morning and ready to start the afternoon here in about in a bit. All right. Well, talking about the Pro Sports Institute, it's based out of Huntington Beach, California, and you work with several top athletes from around the globe. Can you talk a little bit more about what the Pro Sports Institute offers and when it was established? Yeah, so I, I wanted to create something that was really truly a one-stop shop. So between, you know, elite performance training and position-specific training all the way down to the beginning, which is can be surgery or injury diagnosis and management. So I've been putting together this team of uh, really good doctors, trainers, massage therapists, physical therapists, just this all-star team over about the last five years. And, uh, you know, it's really come together. We have, a, we have an outstanding group of, uh, of dedicated professionals that really understand the sense of urgency of, of sports. You know, in sports, time is money. If you're out, it costs. So, you know, our goal is to, to take someone from, you know, a suboptimal state, whether they just tore their ACO or they're just trying to get faster and take them all the way through to the point where they're as good as they can be. And uh, we started the Pro Sport Institute uh, a little over three years ago. I was the director of sports medicine at a, at a big, big place locally for about five years before that. And I've been practicing, like you said, for 25 years. So 
kind of stepped up into more of the pro world and you know, started working with Kobe uh, quite a ways back and kind of blossomed into what it is today. Well, you know, doctors and trainers, they are doing a lot of the work behind the scenes. And now in your case on your social media, Instagram, I see you putting up videos on a day-to-day basis of athletes that you're training and working with. And so I think that's awesome. And a lot of times, you know, you don't get recognized when you see players bounce back from big time injuries or they're working through some ailments and yet they're back on the field the following Sunday. So my question is, at what age did you realize that going this route as a chiropractor in sports medicine was something that you wanted to pursue? Well, you know, I, I, I'm a helper. You know, I'm a giver as a, as a person. And you know, all my life, I was always trying to just help someone get better or whatever I could do from a young age. You know, I've been an athlete since I was eight years old. So sports, uh, fitness, uh, optimal movement, all that stuff has been kind of my, my history when I was uh, growing up. So once I realized sports medicine was a thing, which you know, sports medicine is still relatively new, particularly in the state that it's in now. So probably about, you know, after practicing eight or nine years uh, on a lot of regular people, I started to steer myself more towards athletes. And as my kids uh, went through uh, basketball, football, all that stuff, I took a bigger interest in it. So, you know, probably, I say, 20 years ago, uh, I really started to want to understand, you know, more of how the body works, what makes an athlete, particularly lead athlete, an athlete. And then, you know, what are the various ways that we can make them not only perform better, but recover them faster from injury. So, and probably been working on that for 20 years, uh, perfecting it over the last 10. Now, I know that you have, booked weeks every single day, working late hours, early mornings. But what do your day-to-day operations look like? What's your schedule from the morning to the afternoon? And how frequently are you treating these athletes? Yeah, so here at the Institute, I I personally work on pros starting at 7 a.m. So around 1, 2 o'clock. And then uh, the afternoon is a little bit more dedicated to, you know, amateur athletes, et cetera. Uh, so we kind of serve both, but you know, my, my role at the Institute is really to deal with the higher level pros and, you know, or the elite, uh, amateurs that are coming up, but yeah, we run pretty much all day and six days a week, uh, Sundays, you know, at games and on the road for certain, certain road games, depending on, uh, who it is. Sometimes I'll run out and see some of the saints or, you know, just various teams out there, but it's, it's a very, very busy life, uh, particularly in season for NBA and NFL. But yeah, that's what I chose to do, and you got to be careful what you wish for because it's a very demanding world with with pro athletes. Uh, they don't have time for excuses or anything else. You know, they need to be better yesterday. So uh, I, I have that same sense of urgency. Uh, I'm dedicated as one can be to this, and. You know, I'm all in when, when a guy's hurt, we, we need to get him back. So whatever it takes, if that's 3 a.m., if that's 5 a.m. Or, or, you know, a quick trip somewhere, it's just do what we have to do. Who are some of the top athletes that you provide care to? I know you mentioned Kobe, but do you have athletes from all sports or do you specialize in just NFL football or how does that work? 
Um, right now, I'm probably 90% football. Uh, in the off season, I'll take care of some of my NBA guys that I've taken care of in the past. Uh, what happened here is the Chargers were in San Diego, and I was taking care of some guys down there. They just happened to move up three miles from me. So uh, a lot of my work is taking care of the Chargers, Mel- Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Casey Hayward, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we take care of on a regular basis, and then a lot of those guys we we uh, train them and work on them in the off season. But you know, there's we have the rounds relatively close, and then I have you know hundreds of guys around the league that I've been taking care of uh, in the off season. So to answer your question, it's, it's mainly NFL uh, with still some sprinkling of some of my NBA guys I took care of. You know, I did a lot of combine uh, work. I think I've been involved in like 14, 15 combines between the NFL and the NBA uh, combine prep. So we have some soccer guys that come in. I mean, there's some other sports, but NFL is definitely primary. There's a lot of guys. So I simply say I took care of Kobe and AB, and, you know, there's just a lot of guys that we've seen over the years. And pretty much, you know, if you've seen them on Sunday or uh, on GMT, we've taken care of a lot of them. Wow. So, Doc, you know, a lot about being in sports medicine, it appears, is all about that mental and physical toughness and a positive attitude to treat these athletes that may be facing some lengthy rehabs depending on the severity of their issue. How do you find it in yourself to provide both that physical and emotional support for the athletes you see? Yeah, that's a very good question. And, and the mental part of coming back, you, you know, one thing to realize is these athletes, it took them their life, their lifetime to become what they are. And to all of a sudden lose that, to not barely be able to walk, you know, on crutches. You know, they go from these elite moving specimens to just being barely able to walk. That's very depressing. There, there's, there's absolutely a psychological issue to that. And, you know, I developed this program. It's called the ARTP program. It's Accelerated Return to Play. And the program isn't time-based. It's more function-based. And it's like climbing a ladder. So normally, you know, at two weeks you do this. At four weeks you do this. And that was the traditional model in sports medicine for rehab. That's obsolete now. Now it's become functional. So every day you come here, you're going to climb some rungs of a ladder. And at the end of the week, you're going to be higher than you were when you started. And that's very encouraging. You see progress virtually every day. And we, we just set these small goals. At the end of the week, you're going to want to be able to walk. So I had a recent athlete, had ACL surgery, big-time guy. His goal was to walk at his wedding four weeks after he had surgery. So that was our goal for him. Uh, other guys, it's you know, I want to be able to get in and out of bed. I want to be able to go to the bathroom. It's very simple things in life. So you constantly have to focus on those small, small goals, knowing that, you know, it's going to be four, five, six, seven months, sometimes longer, before they're back to themselves. But, uh, it, you know, we go over film. We, we go back. We, we, break, we break down what they're capable of regularly. So when we're doing something, we're like, this is what we're going to get back to. We also have a rule here called the 125. So we don't want you 100% because that's where you got hurt at. We want you 125% because that's where we're going to bulletproof you uh, against injury, but also improve your performance. You know, the body has an optimal state. People like LeBron James, they don't have an extra leg. 
you know, they have the same body that everybody else does, but their bodies work perfectly. And then they have the, the edge of confidence, et cetera. But, um, you know, that's kind of how we keep everybody focused and encouraged and, you know, you got to read the body language, et cetera. On that note and on that question to follow up there, once you get the athletes back to that 125 threshold and they're feeling confident about returning to whichever sport they're playing, can you talk a little bit about that mental barrier that they face? You know, I'm assuming they have to face some uncertainty, especially when they're back on the field in live action, whether that's coming back from a knee injury, Achilles, ankle, and just sure. that, that trust level in that leg when they're planting. Can you share some insight on that process and how these athletes channel that through their uh, rehab? Yeah, and that's, that is, I'm going to say, half the trick to success is recognizing that apprehension is a very real thing. And you can have the body in, in, in the perfect state, but if they don't trust it and believe it, they're not going to do it. So here we do things that are even more difficult than what they're ever going to face in their, in their sport. So, for example, we'll have them jump from basso ball to basso ball, turn in the air and have to land very difficult thing to do something you would never do in uh in actual sport because it's ridiculous but if i can get them to do things that are more difficult than what they actually have to do i can erase apprehension and probably give them another level of confidence in their physical ability so the process is continually um we continually insert these very difficult things that are that are kind of superhuman per se, so we can overcome that apprehension. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. It's like I say, it's half the battle. Now moving the conversation over to Chargers tight end Hunter Henry, who you've worked with through his journey with that ACL tear that he sustained all the way back in OTAs. And, and there's been a lot of talk about maybe he can return late into the playoffs. You hear some people say, hey, it's not worth it. You know, he's still 23 years old and uh, why risk returning? But somebody that you've worked with uh, very frequently, very uh, consistently, it appears based on your coverage. Can you uh, provide some insight on, on his situation and how he's progressing? Yeah, well, you know, Hunter, he's, he's unique. Uh, he's a great guy. Just an outstanding person, but he works really, really hard. And he's, he, you know, he, he'll put in two or three sessions a day, five or six days a week. So he's put the work in. Uh, the question really about someone like him and, and the time uh, of return to play is, does time matter? So is, is another month, another six months, another year, going to make any difference in his ability, one, to perform, and two, to avoid re-injury. And in his case, I don't believe, and I, and I think a lot of people involved don't believe that more time is going to make a difference. So now it's a matter of is he truly at that state where he is functional and as bulletproof to re-injury as he can be. He's getting close to that. That's about all I can really say about it without you know, uh, going beyond the privacy uh, rules, but he, he's made a remarkable recovery so far. But it's because he's done everything right. He's one of those guys that will do exactly what you tell him to do. Um, very driven, wants to win, wants to be a part of this team that 
know, Chargers feel like they have a chance at Super Bowl, so he wants to be a part of that. But there are a lot of people involved in making that decision on him that are both within the organization, I'm outside of the organization, and even more other independent uh, uh, resources to evaluate him. So if he does get back, everything humanly possible will have been done to make sure he's ready. Right on. Totally understand that. You need to keep information closed. Fully respect that. Now, talking about just ACL tears in general, Doc, I mean, this seems like this is an injury that many NFL players and all athletes, really, of NBA and MLB, this is a common injury. Every single season, players that go down with these ACL ailments, can you talk about why it is one of the most common injuries in sports and what are some things that some athletes who are listening to this podcast can do to help strengthen those ligaments to help avoid that injury? All right. So I think the first question is, why are we seeing more of them you know, throughout all sports, particularly the NFL? Uh, number one is exposures. So the more times you do something, the more chance you're going to have an injury. So nowadays, most athletes train all year round. They might take a week or two off here or there, but they're doing something virtually all year, particularly in the NFL. So you're going to have more exposures because of that. Number two, virtually every position has worked on becoming a better athlete, moving faster, uh, etc. And it doesn't matter if you're a lineman, a linebacker, a receiver, a quarterback. They, they, everyone does these plyometrics, etc., to move faster but they don't necessarily perfect the braking system. So if I have a race car, you know, a Formula One car, and I give it more horsepower, better tires, et cetera, but I, it doesn't have a great suspension and a great braking system, it's going to go off the track. So to us, that's what happens when you blow out an ACL or a Q's or something. You, you have the, a lot of things in place, but there's a deficit somewhere. So what we do, we have a thing called the All-16 program here. It's, it's our in-season care program for NFL players. And we look at every single part of their body that's relevant two or three times a week, every single week. For example, does their big toe extend properly and is it equal to the other side? Do they have proper hamstring to quad strength going on? So we really break it down. And, and my philosophy is they, they are like race cars. Athletes are like race cars. When a, when, a, when a car races, the first thing they do after the race is they put it up on the rack and they make sure everything's working right. The NFL has been very poor traditionally with that model. NBA is pretty good at it. Now, there's 12 guys on an NBA team. There's 60-plus. There's 90 at one point on an NFL team. So it's almost impossible to have an in-house staff that could do what I just said. So having private doctors, having sort of back to your question of what can you do, you really should have an outside support team that understands biomechanics, understands what, what that proper state of the body is, and regularly get that checked and get the work done. We want to just constantly restore that body back to 100%, back to 100%, back to 100%. If I can keep an athlete somewhere between 95 and 100% throughout a whole season, one, they're going to avoid injury, but two, they're going to perform better because the body does break down to a season. It doesn't matter if it's hockey, baseball, NBA, football, it, they break down. So to answer your question, the prevention really is about getting, getting the professionals involved, the chiros, the, the PTs, the uh, massage therapists, all, all involved 
to the point where there's a comprehensive protection program going on. And the other thing is at the end of the season, the body needs to be relooked at to say, what state is it in before I start training again? If you continue to train on a body that is broken down and has asymmetries, you're going to get hurt. Just no way around that. Now, also with this ACL injury, and that's uh, excellent information from you, what is the average timetable for return for a lot of these NFL players? Uh, traditionally, it's been said 9 to 12 months. 9 to 12 months was the normal return to play time for probably the last, it's been the recommendation for the last probably 5 to 7 years. And off that question, what is the most difficult injury to come back from specifically for NFL players? Uh, what would you say is that injury that, you know, is just brutal for these guys to really bounce back and reach that same level of performance? Boy, it's, that's a tough one. I'm going to first say the quad tear. So if you have a complete quadricep tear and you're a fast moving athlete, which almost everybody is on an NFL team, that's a difficult injury to return and be back to 100%. It's probably the most difficult rehabilitation we do because there's so much limitation early. So one of our strengths here is that we, if you have surgery, our surgeries are done, for example, on Sunday. We start rehab on Monday. So it's, it's 24 hours. We start to get range of motion back. And the idea is that if you don't lose something, you don't have to go back and go and get it back later. These muscular tears that have to be reattached, you can't force range of motion on them too early because they tear, they'll tear back open. So I'm going to say quad tear first. Uh, Achilles, you know, the, the satisfaction rate, meaning the athlete says, I feel 100%. I feel like I was before that. It's very difficult. The skill level of the surgeon has to be very top-notch in order to restore that range of, to get it just right. So they have the right amount of range of motion, still have strength, etc. So Achilles is probably number two on that list. And one more question for you before we end this. Uh, but soft tissue injuries, you know, talking about those hamstrings, you, you see several players and a lot of people are so fixated on these injuries because, of course, fantasy football and stuff. And people always question, you know, Leonard Fournette was a guy that missed an extended period of time with a hamstring strain. Why are these hamstrings so challenging to overcome? And what are some things that you look for in these soft tissue injuries to make sure that these players are on track to return at full health? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have a, a diagnostic ultrasound machine that I've spent a lot of time getting good at. So what traditionally happens is somebody will have a hamstring injury and they will uh, get an MRI, which will indicate some uh, degree, you know, grade one, grade two, et cetera. And then they'll start rehabbing right away. And maybe they have a second MRI to confirm or not. And a lot of, a lot of the criteria to decide when, when you're ready to return is subjective. With the diagnostic ultrasound, not only can we tell how it tore, which is relevant to how fast it's going to heal, but we can tell how it's scarring over and whether it's truly ready to be tested. You know, it's, it's kind of, if you think of a cut on your hand, you can't keep opening your hand up because the cut's going to continue to open up. So uh, 
I think it should be mandatory that anyone in sports medicine has a diagnostic ultrasound because it's such great information. And I can diagnostic ultrasound somebody every single day, theoretically. You can't MRI someone every day. That's just impractical. So, uh, so the answer to your question is, if it's monitored correctly and, and you truly understand the state of that injury, then, then you can administer the return to play uh, protocols more, more appropriately. But that goes back to the body being in the optimal state. You know, the number one reason for injury is previous injury. So if you had a previous hamstring, you're more likely to have another one. But number two is asymmetry. So if, if one side is tighter than the other and you move fast and stop fast, which is what these athletes do, you're more prone to injury. So constantly monitoring that, you know, throughout the season in a preventative fashion as opposed to reactive is how you're ultimately going to prevent those, at least to the extent you can. Well, there's some great information and more in-depth analysis on those injuries. Again, Doc, I appreciate you taking the time on a Friday. I know you got a lot of clients to see, and you're still getting that afternoon going over there. So again, (laughs) keep up the fantastic work. I've heard a lot of good things about you from players I've interviewed and seen all those great videos encouraging other athletes as well. So again, I appreciate your time, and I uh, hope you have a great weekend. You too. Yeah, appreciate your time. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay. All All right, right, take care. All right, you too. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.